Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. So the Colts now getting ready for the season. They're starting to put things together, and to put things together, they got to they gotta tear some things apart. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at Tony Katz. Dot com and tearing things apart involves some people having to be dropped from the roster. One of those people, Kenyon Drake, running back. He had 21 yards against the Eagles. He's been released. A bunch of people waved. But these things sometimes happen because that's how contracts are written. Because when you take a look at how you get to the 53-man roster, sometimes you got to make moves so you can then make them again. Maybe he ends up with this team. Maybe he doesn't. What I can't figure out is watching Anthony Richardson play. He went 6 for 17, 78 yards. But Gardner Minshew was 9 for 11 and 102 yards. I get that Anthony Richardson's going to be the starter, but the numbers don't say that at all. JMV joins us from 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. He is the voice of sports in the state of Indiana. I want to start uh, in this quarterback uh, spot real quick. Uh, of course, you got to let Anthony Richardson play. You got to let the future have its opportunity to build out. But there's an argument in just the data, man. You take a look at the numbers. The argument clearly states that Gardner Minshew is the guy who should be starting. He's the guy who should be playing. If you take a look at him preseason, 28 for 32, 281 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, His quarterback rating is 124.1. The numbers say he should start for the Colts, man. Yeah, and if this were an all-chips-in scenario as it was a couple of years ago, another failed statement by the Colts and their owner, Jim Irsay, if you remember, Tony. But if it were like that, then he probably would be. Maybe he would be. Maybe he would be considered. But the the thing of it is, with this team right now, it is all about grooming and building and putting confidence in and and growing, evolving their 20-year-old quarterback. I mean, that is the emphasis on this season. Now, that's why it's so befuddling as to why you could not come to some sort of agreement of some sorts, get on the same page, at least for a final year, with Jonathan Taylor. But that aside, um, this is for the rookie quarterback. And, uh, again, it's going to be like a three-to-one ratio, Tony, of bad things to good things. But I can tell you this, going back to Thursday night, it was incredibly refreshing to see a quarterback with an up-the-field rush in their face not, you know, crap themselves and then fumble the football, to be able to move, to be able to move around, not just extending the play, but these RPOs that they're performing, you know, being able to to tuck that ball in the belly of the running back and then take it back out and take off running. Um, the passing game still has a lot, as you mentioned. I mean, Gardner Minshew is much more effective in terms of that, but it is going to be the juice, the excitement that you see from a rookie quarterback along with the growth. That's the major component of this season for the Colts. I'm not suggesting they're saying, yeah, you know what, who cares if we win or lose? That doesn't matter at all. But what does matter at the top of that list is the maturation process of their rookie quarterback. 
And we shouldn't uh, deny Richardson five carries, 38 yards, and has that in, in, in the repertoire because he's, you know, he, he's 20 years old. I mean, it's, it's yeah. he, he's got the legs. He's going to have them for a good long time. But we see, as we see in all quarterbacks, uh, 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 eventually – Eventually, uh, you got to be able to develop as a pocket passer. You got to be able to develop as somebody who who can move the ball uh, down the field. What did you see in that game? What do you think Shane Steich and the coach saw that makes them say, "Okay, all right, we can build on something here"? Uh, well, I, I think obviously it's you know making mistakes and then making up for those mistakes. Part of the accuracy issue is is going to remain an issue and hopefully he's able to climb out of that tony you just made a statement that's accurate really accurate in terms of a quarterback and it is great watching a quarterback run around we all love the whole signature of andrew luck around here in the early years was being able to extend the play i remember coming back from alaska and reading a magazine article and you know andrew luck is the best at extending the play and then next to it in parentheses it stated how many needless useless and just can't happen type of hits this guy takes over the game period, over the season, over the entirety of the year. And that, that can't happen. It can happen right now because he's young, as you mentioned. Uh, he's athletically as gifted as anybody we've ever seen, certainly playing that position. But he has to be accommodated for being able to throw the football and being accurate. And I said this on Friday's show, I think there's some guys around him, Tony, that need to help him out a little bit whether it's Michael Pittman Jr. or Alec Pierce, or you're talking about that tight end room right now. A couple of things that stood out to me. The accuracy certainly was not there more often, uh, as we saw on Thursday night from Anthony Richardson. But some of those balls were in the vicinity that weren't caught. Josh Downs, his roommate, the rookie, uh, dropped one off his fingertips. Uh, Alec Pierce had another drop, which can be concerning. But here's the overall gist of what I'm getting to here. These wide receivers have to be able to create a little bit of space occasionally. That's one thing we've talked about with you and others in the past is that they create no space. You know, I talked about a passing window for Anthony Richardson. Oftentimes there's no window there. That leads to him forcing it to these guys, and then that's what leads to turnover. So these guys, including the tight ends, have to help him out and we really haven't seen that yet in fact we haven't seen that with this group to this point this year or going back to last year that has to effectively change to help out Anthony Richardson in the passing game to become more accurate to become more confident throwing the football down the field in those tight windows that has to happen as we move along the season Talking to JMV, the voice of sports in Indiana. Uh, does this mean that you, you set up a defense where, you know, you're keeping that extra tight end in, you're keeping a running back uh, back to be able to, to, to block that, that, that blind side, give him a little extra time to, to, to find his guys? And if so, what kind of running backs do you need? Because Kenyon Drake had a pretty good uh, uh, preseason coming in. You know, I said five for 21 in that last game against Philadelphia. Did catch a touchdown pass, caught two for 22, but he gets released. You don't know what the story is with Jonathan Taylor, and I'm going to assume, even though there you know, may or may not be a deal, I, I got to assume that if he's back, he's not necessarily a guy who is playing. I have no faith uh, that he will. So what do you take from the running backs? Who do you see that you like, and are you somebody who gets rid of Kenyon Drake, or would you be better off getting rid of Huntley? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's if he made a compelling argument, Tony, during the preseason 
to keep him on hand. I think the reason why we look at it that, that way is because there is no Jonathan Taylor and because we're talking about Evan Hall and Deion Jackson because that is not on the surface looking to be something that we would believe to be effective, certainly helping out Anthony Richardson. Um, well, it's funny you brought up you know, Jonathan Taylor, maybe not known as you know, being able to chip block and protect his quarterback and, and things of that nature, more of just a home run hitting type of running back. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, let's just say he feels compelled now to return. All right, we've exhausted all of our measures here. So my representation tells me that I go back, play out the season. This is stuff he's going to have to do because the market at running back, Tony, next year is very saturated. A lot of options out there. So he's going to have to be more, become more than just what he has been. Now, that has been a home run hitting running back. But you bring up protection of a quarterback, especially with a faulty offensive line like we saw last year. And then you bring up also being able to be a legitimate threat out of the backfield and catching the football. That's what this team needs. And in fact, that's what Jonathan Taylor needs to help himself out monetarily, contractually speaking, further down the road. I don't know if it's going to happen at this point was where we are with Jonathan Taylor, but with this team and with Jonathan Taylor himself, it would be important for him when and if he comes back to establish himself as just more of a bell cow handed off and he's going to run the football, things you just brought up, being more adaptable to other measures offensively, especially with Shane Steichen. And you know he's going to be doing a ton of different things uh, to make him more adaptable do that, not just for the Colts right now, but for his long-term future. Who else needs to go? Like, who should the Colts be thinking about uh, getting rid of, putting on that waiver wire, saying thanks, but we're we're going to go in a different direction? And where is still the need uh, position? Never, ne- never mind the, the the running back stuff. Where's the need, and is this something they can pray for on the waiver wire, or are they going to have to go out and make some kind of deal? Well, I mean, the, the waiver wire is going to go, you know, obviously in, in order. If you have more than four years, four years plus service. It's like, I'll give you a great example. Like Kenyon Drake was released, as you rightly mentioned, because he's got four years plus service. So the NFL allows you to become a free agent. If you're on the waiver wire, that means you have been cut from the team with less than four years service. And then there's kind of a pecking order, a schedule of teams. Uh, Colts are very near the top of that schedule, mind you, but there is a pecking order for that. Now, you bring this up because we talked about this on Friday. Danny Pinter, we did not know the outcome of his injury on Thursday night. It was a worst-case scenario. He's done for the season with a broken ankle. They were already in a really tough spot, Tony, as far as offensive linemen to back up are concerned, and that squeezes it even tighter. So I'm assuming they're going to be heavily active as far as bringing in offensive linemen to back up because they simply don't have the bodies right now. You think in terms of a, a possible release about a guy like Mo Alley Cox, I know we brought up his name before they have a crowded when healthy tight end room right now. And you got, you know, Ogletree coming back from that injury of a year ago that clearly they like a great deal. Will Mallory is a rookie that I think they like. And here's the one guy that needs to step up. You know, I talked about the wide receivers stepping up, creating space, uh, getting out there for their quarterback, trying to uh, get connected in his first year under center here with the Colts. Jelani Woods. Jelani Woods has, I think, a tear in his hamstring, which is bad. Understand that. You rehab and you get back. But – 
from some folks will tell you that maybe Jelani Woods, because of a nagging injury, wasn't in the best shape when you go back to the middle of the summer, uh, certainly here in training camp. And he's going to have to start taking this a little bit more seriously. He's supposed to be more than just, well, that guy's incredibly athletic. He's going to go out and catch a touchdown pass, you know, every month or so. He needs to be a guy. I'll give you a great example. Shane Steichen, a year ago, offensive coordinator, Dallas Goddard was his tight end, utilized him for absolutely everything. Jelani Woods should be that and then some. You got to get healthy, but you got to get serious about your game, about your body, and get out there and be ready to whip some people. And from what you hear, maybe he wasn't altogether ready for that. He needs to get ready because he's at the top of that list of guys that can play that role of Goddard and what he did a year ago with the Eagles for Shane Steichen and certainly one of the more talented dudes on the team. He's just not representative of that right now because of injury and maybe because he did not report in the best of shape. Defensive side of the ball, what did you see? And uh, who needs who needs to step up or who needs to step out? Oh, it's funny. You know, last year I was so excited, Tony. Here comes um, you know, Nick Ngakwe, you know, guy off the edge. They haven't had an edge. And I'm talking about they've had guys that have had sacks before, right? But they haven't had a consistent threat off the edge, sincerely, since Robert Mathis. And I thought that Ngakwe would be that. And, you know, Ngakwe had double-digit sack numbers a year ago, but it just kind of tame because, hey, they're there, and I think I'll sack. And there was really no difference-making that uh, he allowed. I'll give you uh, one is uh, Odengbo and the other is Pay. These guys, it's time for them to show that they can be consistent defensive difference makers. We have seen the good, we have seen the bad, and we've certainly heard about all the hype, the hype will drive you nuts. But these guys, I'll start with those two, have to become much more of a consistent factor, especially considering what this Colts team defensively hasn't had going back to Robert Mathis. That consistent pressure on the quarterback, you like what you have up the middle, DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. But Odenbo and Pay have to become what the Colts thought they were going to be. It is time now to evolve into that and become consistent major factors on this football team defensively. Talking to JMV, uh, he is the voice of sports in Indiana. Before I let you go, we we mentioned Jonathan Taylor briefly. Uh, in in your view, uh, the start of the season is going to take place, uh, barring anything that's happened since we've been talking. Um, Jonathan Taylor is going to actually be in uniform and play. Yes or no? Um, <laughs> I I would. He may be in somebody else's uniform playing. Uh, that's unfortunate because I didn't want to believe that. But it kind of seems like I could be proven wrong because I think this thing has gone back and forth. Um, I, I just I don't know if the two sides can. And this sounds so stupid. All right, you need this guy. He needs you. I mean, get something done. How hard is it? But apparently, this is really hard to wear, especially on the Taylor side. It may not. It may be irreconcilable differences here. I mean, it may be something that unfortunately is going to lead to a divorce. Now, I'll give you a couple of teams here. Miami is most often mentioned. The problem you're going to have in trading him is the Colts have that high price tag. And unless you come down from that one pick, there's nobody out there going to trade a number one first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor. And then secondly, when you trade for him, he's going to want an extension. So you're going to have to trade draft capital if you're a team like Miami, and then you're going to have to pay him. And again, a position you don't normally pay. Now, Miami is in on the fringe of being ultra-competitive, certainly this season. So you start there. 
you know, maybe a team like Baltimore in the backfield um, with Lamar. Um, I maybe. Maybe in Buffalo. I think about Buffalo all the time, Tony, because we talk about quarterbacks that, that run too much and need to throw more. Uh, Josh Allen is the guy that calls his number all the time and takes an absolute beating now. So maybe it's time to get a legitimate running threat in there. I haven't heard about Buffalo, but that would make sense. Um, unfortunately, I just don't see where he's going to be able to hang on this right. team. It just kind of seems like both sides are at a point where you cut your losses and you move on because the thing simply is not going to work out, Tony. JMV, the voice of sports in Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time. More is coming up. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today.